Well, today we're going to be thinking about uh, the subject of being a disciple uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I've got several uh, passages that I think are going to be helpful for us as we try and discover uh, what that means. And uh, the first one of those is going to be Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. So just before we, uh, we read, let's have another moment's uh, prayer. Lord, as we come to your word, which is the bread of life, break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me, as thou didst break the loaves beside the sea. For us, for the children in Sunday school downstairs, that the bread of life, not just in written form, but personified in Christ himself, might be broken down, that we might assimilate that and that we might take it to heart. Feed us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew 28, first of all, and at verse number 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you just turn your Bible over one page to Mark chapter 1 and at verse 16. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. And Jesus said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed." when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And finally, John chapter 6. And at verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Verse 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Amen. Now as you can see from the readings, Uh, The idea of a disciple, this word disciple, is one of the fundamental names given to the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Yet it's not one actually that, that we often use. I mean, if somebody says, what are you? Uh, we might say, I'm a Christian, uh, I'm a believer. Uh, it's not often that we use the word disciple. And yet it's, it's mentioned, it's mentioned as we read in Matthew 28, on this last great occasion, uh, when the Lord Jesus was really bringing everything to a, a culmination as he, he gives the great task to his followers before his ascension, he uses it at that point, go into the whole world and, and make disciples from, from all the nations. So along with all the other marks of, of health of a church, I think, I think this is an important one that we, that we look at. And um, there, are, there are really three parts to it. Um, you'll see it on the heading when it comes up here that I want you to think about as we go through and the three parts to it are first of all becoming being and then making disciples and to do that there are, there are four words that are going to come up additional four words through the, uh, from the various readings that we've had so we're going to start in John chapter 6 uh, the last of the readings and the, and the word that is uh, really coming up from this one is the, is the word genuine genuine you see the, the idea behind the word disciple is more than just the concept of me putting my hand up and saying that I believe in Jesus what it carries with it is the, is the whole idea of, of following of a lifestyle of an attitude of a way of life something that's absolutely part and parcel of everything I do it's more than just what I say and, and that, that's really what we've got here in John chapter 6 I mean the interesting thing is the word disciple here if you look at uh, verse 60 and verse 66 you can see that it doesn't just refer to the twelve there's a wider group and Jesus has been teaching them something that they find very difficult to understand not just to understand but to really grasp and believe and take on board he refers to himself as the, the bread of life and that I will give my life for the, for the sake of the world and you've got to eat that bread eat my flesh and they can't grasp this, they can't understand it this is difficult, we're not prepared for it and many of his disciples they turned back and they no longer walked with him and in contrast to all of that he turns to the, the inner circle and he says, and what about you fellows? are you also going to turn back? are you also going to go away? Peter says, well, to whom can we go? There's, there's no alternative as far as we're concerned. It's only you who has the words of eternal life. And they stay with him. They remain. They stick with him. They continue. They continue to follow. They persevere. And that is the mark of genuine discipleship. That is what true discipleship... In a sense, this chapter is telling us there are a variety of different kinds of disciples. There are disciples who are disciples in word only. There are true disciples, real disciples, genuine disciples. And the mark of genuine discipleship are people who continue steadfastly 
to persevere with Christ and don't turn back and don't give up. Of course, there are certain things that would, that would be stumbling blocks at times and could cause us to think about doing that. And Peter, interestingly, in his first letter, picks up on some of that himself. If you read First Peter chapter 1, he would be talking about a whole variety of different trials and difficulties and problems that came across the lives of the people who were his hearers. And he said, these things are there, and they're there to test the genuineness of your faith. It's the tested genuineness of your faith that often trials highlight. And so, genuine is is a key concept. The second one is kind of related to what we've already said. And the second word, uh, we're taking this one from the reading in Mark chapter 1. And the idea I want to get across from this one is the idea of, of process. Being a disciple of Christ, yes, there is a moment's decision that's part of that, but it also is a, is a process. So you can see that here. He's walking beside the Sea of Galilee. Here are the, the fishermen. Uh, they're casting a net into the sea. And uh, Jesus says, follow me. I want you to follow me. And then he says, and I will make you to be fishers of men. So what he's saying to them is this. We have a process in front of us here. You know, we have time in front of us. I I am going to make you into something. I am going to mold you. I'm going to train you. You, You're going to change when you're with me. And and, and you will become followers of me. And and they left, of course, and, and, and they followed him. And what they would learn over the the process of being with him for three years. They would learn from his teaching as they listened in a whole variety of settings. They would observe how he conducted himself. They would see the miracles. They would live with him and they would be aware of just how he was. And through all of that, they were being made into fishers of men. I mean, if you had to read in John chapter 1, you've got another... Um, point where some of the early disciples began to follow. They, they had been with John the Baptist and on one occasion John had pointed to Christ and said, behold the Lamb of God and, and, they, and they looked and they came up to Christ and they said to him, Rabbi, where do you live? Now this is, this is what happened of course with rabbis and their pupils or their disciples. You know, they learned actually by moving in with the rabbi. And they learned by living with him and observing how he was day by day. And so Jesus said in reply, well, why don't you just come and see? And so they did. And they lived with him and they were made into something through, through that pro- process. If you had to go right to the end of the life and ministry of Christ, after his death, after his resurrection, you read this one in John 21, by the way, um, there is an occasion where, where, where there's a conversation between Peter and Jesus. And, and Jesus is asking him, do you love me? And, and he's flustered. And uh, on one part of the conversation, he says about John, 
you know, what will this man do? And he said, well, you know, you shouldn't really bother about that, Peter. Follow me. And the interesting point is this. Right at the start, Jesus says, follow me. Right at the end, he's still saying the same thing. Keep on following me. To Peter, way at the beginning, after the resurrection, the message is still the same. And it's a process. We must, we must remember that. It's a process. It's not a moment. Third word. Not just genuine or process, but I'd like to highlight the terms of discipleship. There, there are terms and conditions. You know how you sometimes when you hear some of these jingles on the radio and the, the bit where the voice gets very fast, you know, the, the small print, the terms and conditions. Well, there are terms that are not hidden. They're pretty much up front as far as Jesus is concerned. And this is, this is what we discovered when we were reading in Luke chapter 9. Uh, not everyone, you see, would be a disciple. Not everybody was prepared to meet the terms. Not everybody was prepared to take up the conditions. And so they would not become disciples. I mean, some people actually were pretty enthusiastic. You know, you'll get an example of that down in verse 57 of, of Luke 9, where there's a man who... You know, rushes up and says, all bright and breezy to, to, to Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll follow you wherever you go. Doesn't matter where. I'll be there. I'll follow you all the way. And Jesus replies to him and says, well, let me say this to you. Um, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. I don't have anywhere even to put my head. You know, if you want to follow me, that's what you will have in front of you. It will not be easy. There will be a lot of trials and heartaches and difficulties, which is all part and parcel of following me. You know, Jesus said something else about this in, in another passage in Matthew chapter 10, which also deals with the idea of discipleship. And he said, you know, the student is not above his teacher. If they've called me, if they've called me Beelzebul, the prince of the demons, and that's what they did call Christ, how much more do you think that they're going to malign you? You know, if you follow me, you'll, you'll receive the same kind of treatment as I will be receiving. And so this is what he says here in this passage here. If, if anyone would come after me, well, here are some of the other terms. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up the cross daily. And you've got to follow me. And these have always been the terms of discipleship. They still are the terms that the Lord Jesus lays out before us. You know, so we have to deny ourselves. You know, the things that we think are right. The things that we think are dear to us, the things that we feel are the way that we want to live our lives, well, there's going to be an element of denial and taking up the cross. Now, for somebody in the first century, that only meant one thing. If they saw somebody carrying a cross, they were on their way to being executed. That's all that it meant. 
And the Lord Jesus is basically saying, you know, you have to be prepared to, to kind of die to this life, uh, to follow me, so that I have the first and the ultimate priority and the first place. And uh, these, 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 these terms are there. We, we have to be willing to associate ourselves with a crucified Savior who our world has rejected and who, who laughs at, the, they laugh at him, they laugh at the terms of the gospel, the word and the name of Jesus is a swear word, you know, and yet we take our stand beside Christ and beside the cross of Jesus, as the old hymn says, you know, beneath the cross of Jesus, I fain would take my stand. And we are asked to, to stand there, to take our stand. This is what I believe. This is who I believe in. And I am staying here. And we are to understand the terms of what Christ says as far as discipleship. You know, that's not only the case as far as our personal um, response. But it's also to be true as far as how we describe this to other people as we try to make disciples. It's very easy to water down the gospel, to make it appeal, to make it seem attractive, to cut off the what might seem the rough edges of, of some of the things that Christ said. He never did that. He was always very straight as far as the terms of discipleship are concerned. Point number four. The word here is the word imitating. Now this one is taken from the very first reading that we had away at the start in Matthew chapter 11. And um, where the Lord Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my, my yoke upon you. And he conjures up this word picture of uh, being yoked together with Christ. So we're not talking about eggs this morning. Uh, we're talking about agriculture, you know. And, uh, and this is how they used to train the young animals. This is how they used to, dis- used to disciple them. And what they did was this. It was the discipline of being joined to an older oxen who knew the ropes, who knew how to do things, walking up and down the field, keeping a straight line, you know, not zigzagging around. And so the young animal was yoked together so that he could be trained. And Christ says to us, you know, you know, you need to imitate me. You have to learn from me so that you become like me. And in this passage, he says, you know, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am meek and I'm lowly in heart. He is gentle. The gentleness of Christ. Meekness is, is gentleness. And it's under control. You remember it was said about Moses, who was often provoked by difficult situations, that he was the meekest man in all the earth. Now, meekness doesn't mean that you're a doormat, that people just walk over. Meekness is, is strength, but it's, it's controlled. It's the idea of the bridle that's put in the, in, uh, the, the bit that's put in the mouth of the, of the horse. You know, to control an animal that otherwise has got plenty of energy and has got plenty of power, but if it's not brought under control, it's all over the place and you, it can't do anything for you. And so that is what meekness is. It's strength under control. And if you want to be like that, 
If you want to be gentle and meek in heart, you yoke yourself to Christ and you walk with Christ and you learn from Him. And discipleship is about emulation. It is about imitating Christ. Now again, Peter learned some of these lessons himself. And if you were to um, go to First Peter chapter 2, he, he would talk about imitating Christ during unjust suffering. And he says, you know, it's not any good if you do something wrong and you suffer for it. I mean, that's not something to be proud of. But if, if it's something that's undeserved and unjust, you were called to that because you were called to follow in the footsteps of Christ. Put your feet in the footsteps of where Christ went and emulate him and imitate him. And he says, because when he suffered, he threatened not. You know, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. In response to that, he he committed himself to God who judges righteously. And that's to what that's what you're called to do, to put your footsteps in the steps of Christ and imitate him. That's what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Christ. And that can cover a whole lot of different areas of our lives. So again, if you were to turn your Bible to um, the book of Acts chapter 4, as far as the early church. I mean, you don't actually have to do it. I'll just refer to that. And, um, you know, this is the instance where uh, the early disciples are, are imprisoned because they have been preaching. And the authorities, and this is only a matter of, you know, a few weeks after the crucifixion. And um, they're put in prison. And uh, they have to stand before the very same people that Jesus had to stand before in his trial. And it says that they were astonished at them because they realized that they were unlearned, ordinary, ignorant men. They were unschooled. They were uneducated. But then it says, but they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And so they were courageous. They didn't back down. They said, you know, what do you think is right? That we should obey God or with men? We're going to keep on preaching the gospel. You know, and they learned this from being with Jesus. They had become like him. Imitation. And so that is something that is a key part of our understanding of the whole bit about being a disciple of Christ. So, just as we bring things to, to a close, there, there are two questions for us, I think. Number one is this. It's good for us just to ask the question again, isn't it? Am I a true, am I a genuine disciple of the Lord Jesus? In terms of becoming, meeting the terms, and being a process. Am I a true disciple? And then secondly, am I involved in making disciples? of others because that is also part of being a disciple follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men because these are key 
key concepts as far as any church is concerned. So, I mean, for instance, if we were just to, in conclusion, go back to Matthew 28 again, the Great Commission, where, where, where he says, I want you to make disciples from all the nations. I mean, obviously that, that takes into account where we are, but it has a much wider scope than that. The Lord Jesus had a worldwide scope as far as making disciples. I mean, we, we should take that kind of attitude on if we're going to be like Christ and follow him. Make disciples of all the nations. Our involvement and our thinking and our participation and our interest in world, vision, uh, world mission has to be an important thing. And then he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. These disciples were to be marked out. They were to stand up tall. There was to be a public act of obedience that they had been washed by Christ clean. Uh, The old life was gone. They lived a new one. And teaching them to observe everything, everything that I have commanded. This, This ongoing process. And of course, the young church did take this up. It says in Acts chapter 2 that they devoted themselves and that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and of prayers. And discipleship actually covers all of these points. I mean, all the things that are mentioned in our New Testament, that is the, that is the apostles' teaching. To continue and to devote ourselves to. That is part of the process of following Christ. And we are to continue that task. So maybe a good question for us to finish with is this. Who is it that I could be involved in helping to make a disciple? Who could I be discipling? I mean, there, there are certain opportunities that you probably were aware of this week that were posted out on, on Instagram. That there are opportunities, for instance, to help teach the children in the Sunday school here in heaven. There are opportunities to help with the Bible class and with the youth. There are many opportunities that we can be involved in helping to disciple others. Before the Lord, it would be good for us all just to ask ourselves that question. How could I help to fulfill the commission that Christ gives to be, to become, and to make disciples? As the Lord gave the, the call to the men on the beach to come and follow him, as he gave the call on uh, the mountain in Matthew 28 to, 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 to make disciples that's what he continues to say to us today these are the words that I'd like to leave with you as far as this topic is concerned become be make disciples for Christ now shall we pray Lord help us to grasp these things they're not our views They're not things that we feel that uh, are an axe to grind. Uh, We've come to your word and we've seen these points made time and time again. And uh, they are the words of Christ to follow him, to keep on following him, uh, irrespective of the difficulty, uh, to have the priority of of having the greatness and glory of Christ uh, as our vision. 
And so, Lord, we pray that your word uh, not only will just inform us and teach us, but help us to respond as we've tried to do that, to reflect on how we can fulfill what the Lord Jesus requires of us. So we pray a blessing upon us all um, this morning. And uh, we ask that as far as your people are concerned, that a sense of your presence, of your love and fellowship will go with us all as we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.